We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll get back to you at 905-529-7165. And check out their website at andyanddon.com. Andy and Don, all one word, dot com. There you can listen to old archive shows and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Good morning, gentlemen. You survived Halloween. Mm, yes, we, we did. did. Good morning. I, th- I see some of us are still wearing our costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Financial advisor late costumes. night late night last night, boys. <laughs> uh, who moved my cheese? Yeah, is this a topic for today's this, show, this or am I the, reading uh, something or from it's not Cheetos? Chocolates are these, like, or Cheetos or chips? Am I or? reading something from Halloween here? No, no, you read it right, Scott. It's Who Moved My Cheese, and this was a book written in 1998, so it's 21 years ago by Spencer Johnson. Right, and it's per, it was a personal growth book, very very. Easy read. It's not, you know, big writing, lots of, quite a few little diagrams. Like green eggs and ham. Not quite that easy, but a couple, almost up for adults, to be honest. And it's really, you know, with all the change that's going on right now in the world and in different options, I thought this was appropriate to kind of bring this back. And instead of like, who moved my cheese? It could be who moved my money. Right. Uh, Who moved the tax brackets? Who Mm. moved whatever it might be? And it's really a story. This, This is actually a story. Um, that was can directly uh, you know apply to your life in order to stop fearing what lies ahead and instead thrive on the environment of change and uncertainty hmm. and there always is so everybody is always you know kind of get used to a certain way of doing yeah. things whether it may be investing whether it may be how you do your taxes Andy and I were talking off air that with all these online you know statements that people can get now the taxes, the tax slips can actually be sent directly by email to your account rather than giving paper. Yeah. We've been so used to collecting paper for how many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. The government has trained us so well that now it's like, well, well we can just, we don't have to drive in to see the account. We can just yeah. click and send. Yeah. And again, things like that make a big difference and it actually increases your life um, in terms of your, your lifestyle. So in this story, there's really two mice in this maze. And we'll call them, in, in the story, it's called Sniff and Scurry. Mm-hmm. Okay, two mice, they don't think. They right. simply work off instinct. They just do what they're supposed to do. They, they look for cheese. If they find it, they eat it. Right. Okay, no thinking to go about. And this is kind of like if the market, let's say they find a spot and we're very comfortable. And you go back and say the 1980s and interest rates were over 10%. And you'd sit there and you can just not even change. You can sit there at 10% all day long. Mm-hmm. Easy, don't have to mm-hmm. move. Until, of course, when interest rates changed. And we'll get to that. Um, you'll see entrepreneurs are really good at constantly changing. Yeah. If you are running a business, if you're not changing, yeah. you will not keep up. And you're your a business, target. You will, yes. Yeah. Um, you, know, you have to adjust in order to be, to be relevant. And you have to stay you know, competitive. So now we added two more people in this maze. And let's call these two people rigid and reasonable. Mm. Okay. And... Every day, two mice, sniff and scurry, running into the maze, and two people, rigid and reasonable, they run into this maze. And like I said, it's a pretty easy. But the problem with rigid and reasonable is they're people. Mm-hmm. They are complex brains. They can rationalize things. They, they can, you know, worry about things. They don't necessarily simply go by, in, by instinct, okay? So this is what makes it very difficult sometime to make decisions because they often have a lot of baggage, for example. Mm-hmm. And it says, well, GICs used to pay 10%. They got to go back up to 10%. I'm just going to hold on to these GICs till they go back up to 10%. And that might be 
you know, a person with somewhat of a complex brain. A mouse would never think that way. Right. They would simply say, wow, they're only paying 2% now. I better go find a different investment. Mm-hmm. Very simple, okay? So it really does change your behavior. So I look at somebody, say, from DeFasco. They retired, oh, say 20 years ago. 1992 was a, was a big year. They had a lot of retirement packages then. Everybody, all the banks were paying over 10%. Mm-hmm. So had they just taken their 400000 in an easy example, and they got 10%, they would get $40,000 a year. Yeah. That's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't from DeFasco, back in, in the early 90s, tons of people had pension plans. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to worry. Mother and father company yeah. was looking after you. Mm-hmm. You had this pension, you worked X amount of years, and you knew exactly what you're going to get for the rest of your life. You know, and people often would just simply do no replanning at all, and they would be okay. Yeah how things have changed, okay? We wouldn't have this show for that matter if the changes didn't happen. So you have to spend more time with planning now than you ever did because since the 1990s, interest rates have gone down, there's less pensions, people are living a lot longer. We have to now plan for at least another decade of life, Mm -hmm. okay? And inflation eats at your cheese, (laughs) okay? So thinking about inflation as an example, I'm looking at 1972. That's 47 years ago. How much do you think a Big Mac cost back then, Scott? Whoa, 70s. Uh, Under a uh, dollar. Yeah, right? 75 cents. Wow. You, you remember the 70s well. <laughs> 65 cents. Oh. Pretty good. Okay. In fact, I'm looking 65. at this full menu, and they had a quarter pounder, quarter pounder with cheese, filet of fish, cheeseburger, milk, hamburger, fries, Hot apple pie, coffee, shakes. They even had a triple ripple ice cream cone back then. Mm. Cost 20 cents. Was that the day of the McRib? Yeah, no, that was well after. <laughs> oh, I'm Rick, sorry. McRib came after. Okay. Um, but the whole menu at the, in 1972 cost $5.27. Wow. If you, whole, if you got everything. If you got everything. I'm buying the menu. Yeah. $5.27. Not yeah. a good dietary choice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Big Mac now by itself cost $5.29. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, we'll wheel the uh, family truckster in through a drive-thru but and see what that costs you now. Now the menu's huge, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Huge yeah. menu. Well, Forget, yeah, first of all, the menu's about triple this, and mm-hmm. it's got a few better items like salads yeah. and things in there, but yes. I think they're more for decorative purposes in my yeah. family, but yeah, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> However, that being the case, the whole menu back in 72 costs less than one Big Mac today. Isn't that something? Okay. And if you look at that, Okay, says, well, what's inflation over that time? And I was actually a little surprised because I've thought, well, inflation must have been pretty high in order for that to occur because a 65 cent Big Mac then is now 529 now. Hmm. The inflation rate worked out to 4.6%. Mm-hmm. So not astronomical, no, not really. but it just chewed away. Yeah. And so, again, going back into the maze, we have to look at inflation and longevity because if you don't, you are going to have less cheese, mm-hmm. okay? So lesson one is stop thinking about cheese and stop chasing it. People sitting there just thinking about, oh boy, my returns aren't very high. Oh boy, my, uh, the tax rates are, I'm really getting killed in tax. What do you do about it? Mm-hmm. Start chasing, find out what you have to do differently. Lesson two, even the biggest cheese doesn't last forever. And this is for some people I see that had a very large amount of money, and I've seen them whittle away at their cheese until they've actually, unfortunately, their lifestyle crept past their, mm. their principal and mm. they've actually are running short and uh, they had to make lifestyle changes. So sniff and scurry, 
Notice the, the returns were less and simply went to find out another way to make more money. And let's say they went to mutual funds, okay? Just out of curious, they went from a GIC to a mutual fund and because they had higher returns. Not a perfect plan by any stretch, but I would suggest a lot of people did this. They simply saw their, we used to call those people GIC refugees. Mm -hmm. They would simply leave a GIC. Wow, you mean the, the uh, global um, mutual fund got 10%, my GIC is five, I'm going to a global um, equity fund. Well, unfortunately, rigid and reasonable would stay in their comfort zone, even though the returns got less. And so what happened is, and this happens, and I've seen this, people end up getting a little depressed because the returns are less. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're, what happens is their, their lifestyle starts to change. Even, and they actually start to live in denial. They blame it on the government. Well, the government sets these interest rates. Sure. What's, they should do something about it. They're used to blaming it on other people mm -hmm. or banks or institutions. So they need to reduce their lifestyle when they're retired, which is a really tough thing to do mm -hmm. um, because they have not had a good plan. Uh, or they have to put more money away. If they haven't retired, they have to put more money away per month because the returns are poor. Or they have to delay retirement or they have to keep working, go back to work again. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't in the plans. And unfortunately, sometimes you can't go back to work, health reasons, whatever. So instead of seeing a financial planner, they simply sat there and did nothing. And doing nothing is not a great choice mm -hmm. because with the returns getting smaller, you needed to see somebody to give you good advice or you had to go seek advice yourself and try to do it yourself, like Sniff and Scurry did. They just went out and bought some global equity funds. So lesson three, don't worry, there's always more cheese around to be found. The minute you start moving, things will improve. The whole point is look for advice. Mm -hmm. get, a, get a financial planner, get, go through the whole idea of a total financial, comprehensive financial plan that will go over retirement planning, investment planning, cash flow planning, retirement planning, Go through all this. It isn't that difficult. It's a little scary though. Mm -hmm. For those that have never gone through this exercise, sometimes it's easier simply to sit there, do nothing, and that would be like rigid. Right. Rigid just sat there, did mm -hmm. nothing. Reasonable, you know, finally said, you know what? I'm getting out of here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go seek a financial planner. And he moved around and realized it's not that hard. We Yes, we go through all these numbers and things, but at the end of the day, I find most people have an idea what their their budget is. Mm -hmm. They know what they're spending. They may not have written it down and there may be some surprises, but they know they're either in good shape or bad shape. Yeah. The bank account's actually a pretty good indication. If you find out that you're running out and, and your credit line's going up mm -hmm. or you're, um, you're using your credit cards too much or whatever, you know you're, you're living too, you know, over your means, right. okay? And then you cut back for a couple months. So there's this balancing effect. So, and then, so reasonable simply just said, I'm going and I'm, I'm going to get through this maze with the help of a financial planner. Now, the interesting thing is Sniff and Scary did okay because they simply moved and bought mutual funds. Mm -hmm. But because they don't think, as soon as one fund did lousy, they got out of that fund and went into another fund. Right. And then they said, well, that fund's not doing well. I'm going to go into another fund. So this is the whole idea. You do need patience. Mm -hmm. You do have to have some faith that things will do a little bit better and you do have to have a, a bit of a window, a longer window in terms of um, track record. So, and this is where Dalbar, we've talked about many times by people moving money around all the time. Yeah. And I would find this is your do-it-yourselfer. They always are look, moving money around, trying to get the best return 
and they end up getting about half the return they could have got. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Sniff and Scary would have done. Uh, Sniff and Scary would have done because they're constantly moving. Still would have been better off than sitting there in the GIC world, but not as well as having a financial planner that would navigate through that maze. And studies have shown if you had a financial planner, you would have a net worth of greater than four times your net worth. Hmm. Okay. Um, twice was the worst case scenario and up to four times depending on your incomes and your age. But the point is, even if it was only 1.5 times, yeah, it's significant because they're, they're, we're looking at all the different ways to increase your return after tax and to get you know, everything in terms of cash flow, retirement planning, estate planning. So you're going through everything. So even if you said, okay, I'm doing fine. I have a million dollars and I'm doing it by myself. It could have been $2 million hmm. just by having a, a good financial plan. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. 905-529-7165. Call now. Leave a message. They'll get back to you. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll get back to you. 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's all one word. There you can listen to old shows as well as ask a question via the listener inquiry button. We're going to talk about debt this segment. We are going to talk about debt. And uh, this was part of a the research I was doing on this <clears throat> stemmed from a, uh, a study that uh, Global News had done right. this week about uh, debt, and it was a study on uh, 1,100 Canadians were surveyed over the age of 18 to understand, you know, their feelings around debt, and also um, some of the strategies around debts, what people have been working mm-hmm. on, and uh, and really, really, what are the issues? Why are they in debt? Mm-hmm. Was trying to get a handle on that as well, and so they started to they started by asking, what makes you, what are you most fearful of? And, and they gave us five examples, and I'm, so I'm going to have a little test for mm-hmm. you to see how you would rank these five things in mm-hmm. the order of fear, since we just had Halloween. This right. would be good timing. So the five things that they asked about were uh, climate change, spiders, public speaking, death, and debt. Hmm. So if you had to rank those five, which would you say would be the least important and or the least fearful of and the most fearful of? I'm so, thinking spiders is probably up near the top of the list and debt's down near the bottom. Interesting. Okay. I, so, Don? I'm going to guess public speaking would be number one. Yeah. And again, debt would be the bottom. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the least scared we were was spiders. That was number five. Wow. I'm not off to a good start Number at all. four was climate change. Hmm. Number three was public speaking. Yeah. Number two was debt, and number one was death. Really? So we have the greatest fear of death. Yeah. And but right behind it, at almost just a couple of percentage points, was debt. Really? And the other ones actually fell below that. Mm, interesting. And so you know, in trying to understand why is it that's debt, I mean, it's you know, when I think about our show and even conversations we've had over the, I feel like people have stopped talking about debt for the last little while. Mm. I think the. Uh, 
the election became an mm-hmm. important thing. We not a lot of talk about the government debt yeah. in, in the yeah, election yeah. or how to deal with the government debt. Yeah. Everybody had a plan, mm-hmm. but it wasn't one of the top issues, which is surprising to me. Is that because of low interest rates, do you think? I think That's... that, you know, that can sort of help ease the stress around debt, mm-hmm. but it for according to the survey, uh, debt is still way up there in terms of one of our greatest fears that yeah. we're holding right now. It's mm. just below death. And it did seem it was one of those topics, like almost taboo, like you, they didn't want to bring it up because it was not of interest to people. That's mm. right. There's no point uh, in wasting time. So the conservatives didn't want to bring it up because yeah. it wasn't a hot button. Yeah. So they want to hit other hot buttons that might have some effect on the voters because it obviously to their viewpoint, which is kind of interesting, you had to go back to the last election when, when Trudeau went the first time. He talked about a deficit. Now, we were so used to trying to balance the books up till yeah. that. And we, didn't and matter. It didn't matter. Yeah, and now it yeah. seems to still have that hangover that it yeah. still doesn't matter. That's right. Which is really odd to a financial plan. Yes, yeah. yes. You yeah. know? So I was, I was, this is why it sort of jumped out at me, thinking that people are as afraid of debt as they almost are of death mm-hmm. as well. And, um, and 43% of respondents, almost half, described that they were losing sleep at night because of their finances. Mm. And of that group, uh, 57% said they were worrying about debt. You know, that brings up a valid point. I want to change my scores and my, uh, because you're thinking about, you're not lying in bed at night thinking about spiders. No. Or climate change, because yeah. it might be an event that happens slowly over yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, we can't do anything right away yeah. about it. Right. Also, I think the fact that you can't do anything about it means that you're helpless and therefore you can't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you have less control, right? And and so when they were thinking about people losing sleep and trying to understand that, 57% admitted that it was debt that was the problem. 55% said they're not saving enough. And uh, 22% said they were losing sleep about retirement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 43% of us are losing sleep, keeping us up at night with our financial issues. And those are the three biggies. And we sort of talk about, well, why is there this fear? When you think about death, obviously, it's a fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, you know, we contemplate what death might be. Right. Um, and certainly if you have a health concern or a, a terminal illness, you're going to even further contemplate what does death mean, but it's yeah. still an unknown entity. Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of what debt ends up being. And even when you talk about the federal debt yes. and our provincial, like all the debts at different government levels, yeah. they're still an unknown. You don't really, how do you quantify it? Yeah. It's yeah, not like you point. can open up your wallet and say, oh, it's this you know? much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's this much. And mm-hmm. it's, so it's a very unknown number. <laughs> And I think that's true in the context of the survey because they also discovered that about 32% of people were avoiding calls from lenders Mm. and 30% of people avoided opening their credit card statements because they didn't want to look at it. So it's an unknown, right? They're not, it's a denial and therefore an unknown entity. And so, you know, one thing to, in terms of dealing with fear, you've got to figure out you, you, you've got to get rid of the unknown, yeah. right? If you eliminate the unknown and you take the veil off of it, now you can begin to deal with it that yeah. much better. And, and this going to go back to, you know, who moved my cheese, sitting there and not in just in denial. It's not a comfortable place, but it's often feels better than what about the unknown? Right. What if I actually have to sit and deal with this? Yeah. Fear of I, the unknown. I'm just not going to open up my mail. Yeah. I'll just sit here and hope it works out. Yeah. And that's not a good answer. No. And we know that the, stu- the study also did discover there's, are, there are a few generational differences in terms of millennials uh, and Gen Xers. So just as a reminder, the, the Gen Xers are sort of 50, 40 to 55-year-olds, uh, millennials 25 to 40, and then the Gen Z, uh, which are under 25. Right. And in terms of um, 
those differences, the, the millennials and Gen X's, so those sort of 25 to 55, the, one of the biggest priorities was saving for retirement. Mm-hmm. And that grew, the closer they got to 55, obviously it became more and more of a priority. But Gen Z was not thinking about retirement at all. They were mostly worried about unemployment. So their financial stress and debts, et cetera, yeah. were more related to um, their unemployment or potential unemployment. And the other thing that study found, and we've heard this before, is that the average Canadian is less than $200 a month above water. Yeah, I heard that. In it's terms, of their, in terms mm-hmm. of their capacity to spend. And 26% basically said they're at zero. Yeah. There's nothing left over at the end of the month. Yeah. And so this is why, you know, when you think about, um, this was an interesting question, but 46% said they're in fear of a surprise expense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, you know, what happens if something goes, if the furnace breaks, you know, if the car breaks down, uh, if I get a, uh, a massive expensive phone bill or something or mobile phone bill, you know, we figure out a way to pay them somehow. But that fear or putting things off in terms of those spending or those requirements, because we don't, these surprises can be very, 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 very unnerving, right? And so, you know, we also had to figure out, well, why are people struggling so much? Why is this happening? And we know that the cost of living, and Don talked about this, just as you think about a hamburger, right? Mm -hmm. If a hamburger has been going up by 4.6%, the cost of living has gone up that much every year. And so the question is, are your wages keeping up? And that was the next thing, stagnant wages. Mm. So in terms of actual purchasing power, are you making headway? Mm -hmm. Um, Now that might be the career choice or the career that you're in. It might be, maybe there's an opportunity to improve through education to get into a higher pay grade or or something. Mm -hmm. But if if your wages are stagnant, then you're going to have to make some lifestyle choices. And we'll talk about that too. Cost of tuition. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, for the younger yeah. or, or student debt that they're carrying over, another reason why people are struggling, uh, real estate. Now in the GTA here, we all know how much real estate has gone up yeah. and there's that fear. How do I get in? Yeah. You know, can I save enough? How much debt do I have to take on to yeah. get into a home in the GTA? And so I think that the fear of, of missing out on real estate is another big one while we're struggling too. I agree absolutely with the, the FOMO effect, fear of missing out. Even if you had your own house, there's a lot of investors out there think, I got to get another house. I have to get a a rental property. And it's interesting because the rent isn't covering the mortgage. Mm -hmm. It's also hurting their lifestyle and also bringing them into debt. Right. And so, but they're thinking of it as an investment, but I don't know if they've done the math as quite as well as they could have. It's only an investment if you can pay for it. Right. And also what happens if a, a tenant happens to leave you for a couple months? Right. And then it gets very tricky too. So yeah, it's not only the ones that own houses and they bought a house perhaps a little bit too much that they could afford. It's also the ones that actually are using in investments. And I've also seen those ones that are going underwater. Now, debt is also a, a real concern for people as they're heading into retirement. And we know that we still, we still are seeing people and we see them all the time that are figuring out how do I get my debt paid off before I can actually retire, mm-hmm. right? And that's, so that's keeping people up at night. Will we actually be able to get there and get it done? And lifestyle, which comes back to, you know, also living in the GTA, the cost of living here, A, because of real estate, but just the lifestyle of living in a big city, you're also likely spending more on certain things like entertainment or clothing or travel or transportation. So all of those things become a factor in terms of why people are struggling. Or even expectations of the lifestyle. So even though you may not be able to afford it, 
some of your friends can, mm. and you don't want to miss out yeah. that what they're doing. Yeah. And so social, you should, social media debt. You see what everybody else is doing on social right. media. That's exactly. Right. And we have How to come do I that don't too. Get, a, get to go away? How come <laughs> I can't eat out? <laughs> yes. And I, I think it's that like hate one where they, that one commercial where they, <laughs> they like it because, hey, look at me, I'm doing this at the Great yeah. Wall of China, but they hate them because, <laughs> oh, I can't do that myself. Yeah, yeah. So there's this FOMO and it is causing people to do things outside of their actual budget. And then they're paying for it for years after that. Mm. Cash management and debt management is one of the six key elements of a, of a comprehensive financial plan. So Don and I are well-versed in terms of how to advise people in this area and particularly those heading into retirement to make sure that they get rid of it. But what are the, so what are some of the strategies that we sort of come up with when we think about debt and trying to get out of debt? And certainly one, when we think about people that live in the big cities like Toronto, here in the GTA, Vancouver, all the big ones, the cost of living is so much higher. Mm. Maybe you have to move away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe part of the solution is to move downsizing and moving away to uh, uh, further out from the city center where it's so costly. Now you're hoping for employment that changes and there's all sorts of issues around that, but it's certainly something to consider. And the next thing is people begin to think about is, well, if I'm going to pay off debt, which debts do I pay off? And Mm -hmm. what's the best strategy around getting rid of my debt? Mm -hmm. And there's two kind of key key ones in this in this area. The obvious one is people will say, well, you should go to the highest interest credit card first. Right. So the highest interest debt, whatever is the highest percentage you're paying, let's tackle that one. That will give you the biggest bang for your buck. But sometimes having a, you know, a few singles instead of a home run, yeah. you know, sometimes makes more sense. And mm-hmm. And so for some of us, it might be better just to pay off the lowest balance one, right? right? I owe 2,500 to um, you know, Leon's or something right. for, for furniture. Well, let's get rid of that one. And because we can nail that one and yeah. get it done in a couple of months. And that's a win on your category. Sure. So yeah. now we get, and we just chip away at the yeah. ones that but are even more important picking. though, is, is that monthly bill that you're paying to Leon's, even though it may have been a low interest rate, it's now freed up that monthly cash flow that was going there that now you got that extra money that can go towards the higher interest debt. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So now you can, yeah, you can kind of compound it as well. Um, and then we, so I looked at sort of five resolutions if you were thinking about your debt situation and you were, you were ready to turn a new leaf and, and get started on a different strategy. Number one would be making a budget. Now this comes back to our cash flow management process in the financial plan, but understanding what money's coming in and what money's going out is so valuable in terms of being able to put together a plan and understand what your budget might be. The, uh, That's a blast of reality for a lot too, isn't it? Because until you put it down in front yes. of you, many just don't realize that it's happening, where, yeah. where it's going. Don talked about this earlier. You know, you, you might be looking at your checking account and you see that it's negative at the end of the month and you're having to dip into a line of credit mm-hmm. to make sure it balances. Or maybe you have a positive balance at the end of the month and in general it builds up a little bit until mm-hmm. something comes along. Mm-hmm. So those are two different stories, right? Two different sides of the page. And it gives us good insight in terms of how you're managing your month to month cash flow. And so, but that budget, um, everybody hates that word, the concept yeah. of a budget, but, um, once you begin to sort of pull it apart, no judgment, you know, yes. we don't, we don't judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen all of it. So, um, and I mean, your budget is there on your bank account statement pretty exactly. much tells you what's exactly. going in, what's going out. Right? Yeah. Re- regardless, everybody has a budget. It's yeah. called lifestyle. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's yeah. whether it's written down or not. And it's yeah. just writing it down. There's, there's actually a feeling 
that, oh, wow, this is where the issues are, or maybe, oh, I'm doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's just, just great to write it down every so often. Yeah. So that's a that's a big step, but sometimes writing it down, as you say, putting it on paper, there are also uh, apps that you can use uh, to, on your phone. Mm-hmm. There are um, different, there are some um, software programs you can use on your computer. Uh, some financial institutions are now offering this as part of their service where they'll do give you a budgetary printout. So there are lots of ways to look at or get at a budget. Um, the next one would be monitoring your credit or understanding your credit, because if you're in debt, you owe money and that's going to have an impact on your credit score. It's going to have an impact on the interest rate that you pay. And so if there's issues in your credit, it may be there's something that's kind of, oh, what the word did that come or suspicious? You may be able to fix that. And that mm-hmm. might help in terms of your overall cost of dealing with your debt. And the next one I think would be educating yourself. Now that can be done in a couple of ways. Um, it might be reading a book. It might be doing some research online. It might be talking to a financial planner and be, and getting the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like the cheese story, right? Mm-hmm. What's the next step? How do I, how do I improve on my situation? Um, a couple of books out there. One that uh, is a Canadian book. It's called The Millionaire Teacher. Uh, the name of that again, The Millionaire Teacher. If you wanted to read a book, on how to better manage your personal finances and debt as well. The next one would be automate your savings. And when you automate your savings, that's key. Mm-hmm. Um, because just like those bill payments that you don't like to look at, savings should be automated so that it becomes a bill. Mm-hmm. So treating savings like a bill payment every month is very important because it creates a discipline, but it also means that you're setting something aside for the long term. Yeah. So I like a parallel strategy where instead of just focusing 100% on paying off debt, that you are also in parallel to that paying down your debt, you're also setting something aside for the long term. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might be doing that through work. They yeah, might have yeah. a, a pension plan. They might have a, a group plan at work where the company matches something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, if you're in that situation, great, then you're already doing, and we'll take that into account when we're looking at someone's overall financial plan as well. And, um, So the final one would be something we call a debt swap, which is a little more advanced strategy, but the effective, effectively, you know, we've heard of good debt and bad debt Mm -hmm. and good debt is, is debt where you're able to use money to buy an asset, something that increases in value Mm -hmm. and bad debt is where you've bought something that has, um, doesn't increase in value and has no future value. Mm -hmm. So good debt and bad debt. And then finally interest, if the interest is tax deductible, that's the layer on the cake. So that's the final best part. Making that interest tax deductible is creating good debt. And a debt swap can be used by cashing in your non-registered investments, careful of capital gains or losses, that has to be factored in, and then borrowing back from a line of credit to purchase your investments. So that way you create tax deductible debt. All right. We are uh, planning your financial future. Just a reminder of the upcoming seminar with Don and Andy. That is November 21st, uh, Mastering Your Retirement, 10 a.m. at Royal Botanical Gardens, 7 p.m. at Ancaster Old Mill. We'll talk more about that when we return. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message. They'll get back to you at 905-529-7165 and check out their website at Andy and Don. 
Amazon.com. You can also use uh, that website to book your position, your spot at their seminar. New seminar, another seminar coming up November 21st. Mastering Your Retirement is the title of our seminar coming up November 21st, 10 a.m. at the Royal Botanical Gardens and 7 p.m. at the Ancaster Old Mill. And you're welcome to call or go onto the website, hit the listener button and reserve a seat. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is... I think this is great for us. We love getting out to see people face to face instead mm-hmm. of just voice only. Is it new people or clients or people? Ah, uh, there's every, the everybody and everybody yeah. in between, yeah. and uh, and almost universally, it's listeners. And we love to yeah. a chance to meet everybody and uh, and talk face to face. So, when you think about retirement today, what we're going to talk about and specifically is the three big risks, which are inflation, longevity and poor early returns. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about strategies around how to deal with those. And the other one that Don loves to talk about, which is the (laughs) 53.5% estate tax. Yes, and and again, one thing is to know about it, and we do talk about this on the air. It's the other thing, how how does this work in your situation? And then how do you act on any of these? And again, you don't want to be like rigid in that uh, maze, Mm -hmm. sitting there and not, and even if you know the information, not moving, is even worse because yeah. it's great to know the information, but it's actually better to have a strategy how it affects your situation. And this is the best part of you know having our little kibitzes with uh, the people that go to the seminar. And we're mm. going to go over actual real life situations. So I have a bit more time during a seminar situation and show actual numbers than we can actually on air. The case studies are great, and one you know when you think about retirement today, I think it's a it can be stressful in terms of understanding how mm. confident, how can I spend my money and underliving or underspending is something that we see time and time again. Mm. So how do you free yourself up to be able to spend some of the money to enjoy it while you can? And we use something, we stress test your retirement by using a Monte Carlo analysis. So we're going to demonstrate how that works. And basically we can stress test your retirement mm. to make you more confident uh, or maybe identify if there's an issue and then talk about strategies the around that as well. Are, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Just by stress testing using the Monte Carlo analysis does not mean you go to Vegas. Mm. <laughs> okay. Ah. It's all on black. <laughs> <laughs> Everything on one rule. This is not, it's not nearly as much fun as it sounds. But and it, it doesn't involve an exercise bike. It does not involve an <laughs> exercise <laughs> right. bike. Okay. okay. <laughs> but it's extremely effective and it does work extremely well. And it's been proven because you're using multiple situations and variances in the stock markets over years to see how likely your, your retirement will work out for yourself. So as opposed to most of the people out there will see, you know, and I know some of the, you know, different banks, et cetera, is you're richer than you think. Well, they're using a straight line. Mm. Okay, the markets don't work that way. Interest rates don't work like that. You need to have what ifs. And that's what the nice thing with our seminar, we're going to be talking about the what ifs. The stress test, right? What if you live long? What if you die early? What if inflation is high? What if inflation is low? What if uh, interest rates go up? What if Mm. interest rates go down? What if the stock market performs well? What if the stock market underperforms? So these are all the different stress tests that are built into this. And the concept of the Monte Carlo analysis is not about gambling, but it is is trying to understand the odds. Mm. And uh, Mm. and it came from NASA originally. And what NASA was trying to understand is if they put a spaceship or a space station into orbit, 
what are the chances of having a successful mission? And mm. a successful mission means that everybody survives and yeah. comes home. Yeah. And so uh, they needed to understand there could be a meteorite that could puncture our mm -hmm. capsule. Mm -hmm. What are the odds of that? There could be any number of things that could affect a successful space mission. Yeah. So what they're trying to achieve is a very high percentage of success rate. There's always going to be a chance that a yeah. mission will fail. So, but the higher that number, the more confident they're going to be in terms of that launch and everything associated with a, a space mission. So the financial services industry borrowed that analogy. And what we do is we create our own stress tests. They're different than meteorites, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they're all the same concept. And what we're trying to understand then is we will look at not just, you know, one scenario, we'll run hundreds of different what if scenarios with different interest rates, different mm. inflation, different stock mm. market performances. And that analysis then will give us a number of successful retirements. So if we take you out to age 95 or 90 or 100, what are, how, many, how many of those 500 trials are going to end up with a result of a successful retirement? Meaning yeah. you made it to the end, you didn't run out of money. If it's 90% successful, that's pretty good. But what if it's only 50-50? Hmm. Then maybe we need to think about something. Anything less than 50 is certainly going to be of a concern. Uh, and of course, that is Mastering Your Retirement, November 21st, uh, two uh, appearances by these two, Royal Botanical Gardens and Ancaster Old Mill. And of course, uh, contact them and they'll book your spot we'll November 21st. You. Yes. And, and uh, just to go back to Andy about uh, you know, debt strategies, the, the one that seems somewhat obvious, but people often miss this, is simply consolidating debt. Mm. And you know, anybody owns a house often doesn't realize that this is an option to get a very low interest rate. So if you can use your house as collateral and, or if you have a cottage or, or another, or investments, you can actually use investments as collateral too. There's other ways to use this collateral. But the bottom line is if you came out of university today, as a lot of kids do, and they say, I got to pay off, say my OSAP or, or something like that, or I have a credit card, I want to pay it off. They'll go to the bank and get a line of credit and they may get prime plus four. Well, prime is about 4%. Mm -hmm. And you know, for on top of that, so you're looking at about an 8% interest rate. And what often happens, if you were to have a house, fast forward 30 years later, you have a home, and now you can borrow prime plus a quarter. Mm. Well, now that's at 4.2%. There's about a 4% spread. And it's so funny, just because we have these old line of credits, quite often it's just, again, it's out of there's habit. Your, there's your cheese story. We go right back to the habit. We, go, we get used to what we're, we're doing. We're relying on the same old stinky cheese. <laughs> And it doesn't, you got to get out of that sector and get into the other sector of the maze. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now. They'll return your call and book your spot for the November 21st seminar, 905-529-7165. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future, or at least mine. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining <laughs> us. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from uh, IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now. Leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. 165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com and you can also find out more information about their seminar happening November 21st and it's Mastering Your Retirement. November 21st at the Royal Botanical Gardens, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. at the Ancaster Old Mill. All right, that's November 21st and through the website or the phone number, you can book your spot there. Talking about easy credit. You know what? I When I was doing this segment to talk about debt and how Canadians are doing, and this was a global news uh, item that had uh, was brought forward to me, and I thought, boy, it's a great topic. And 
then after my research and I was driving around listening to CHML, and not that you guys are the only ones, but it's on TV, it's on radio, it's in yeah. the, it's in print. Uh, it, it drives me, this is driving me crazy how easy and the advertisements for people to get credit or borrow money. And it starts with, if you own a home, yeah, we'll give you- Approved. You're approved. Yes. You get money no matter yeah, what. Yeah. Own a car, we'll give you money no matter what. Um, a sh- short on a pulse? <laughs> short on your paycheck, we'll give you money, a no pulse problem. approved. <laughs> It's, it's true. This is what it feels yeah, like. And yeah. I can't help but think back to when we hit the credit crisis of 2008 and yeah. the whole thing blew up in the U.S. because of subprime mortgages, mm-hmm. bad lending habits to people that shouldn't have received credit, uh, shouldn't have been loaned money. I, I'm really fearful that we are in some kind of like crazy uh, re- be repeat these, of this. These places are so popular, though, because it's the only place that they can do business. I mean, you know, whether it's, um, um, you know, the the money places or what have you, uh, they're servicing, I'm guessing, people who can't go into the bank and get this. There's intimidation too, because yeah. when you, if you have financial struggles and you're looking for a way out, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of financial institutions are very intimidating. You yeah. know, they're not going to want my business. They won't talk to me or I'm not good enough for, for the, and I, and I feel for that. I think that there's, um, there's rationale behind that. But at some point, you know, when the, when the just flips in your mind and I'll never, I've, I've known people that have, for example, stopped smoking yeah. and it's like, they just woke up one day and decided yeah. that this is it. I'm never <laughs> going to smoke again. And they're able to do it. It's the cold Turkey thing. Not saying everybody can do that, but it's, it's at a, some point you have, when do you say enough is enough? Mm-hmm. And it's a get, lot harder to say, I'm going to quit this debt yeah. because you now have yes. to slowly pay it off. And that's the hard part. Yeah, You've you created this it. legacy yeah. and, and no one spiral. it's hanging over yes. your head. But on top of that, just I'm, I'm frustrated about institutions and I'm frustrated, and you mentioned it, Scott, off air, that our, our government is not taking any lead on this at yeah. all that I'm aware of. Yeah. I don't see any strong enough uh, legislation or opinions or guidance for people around this because there aren't any other options, yeah. but they need to find other options because people going to payday loan places to make their way through uh, their monthly bills, people uh, getting easy credit, you know, uh, uh, assigning your car as collateral, uh, you know, refinancing your house for collateral. All of these things are, they just don't seem to be the right fix. And I don't know. Uh, you know, I hear people borrowing, you know, $100,000 to put a pool in their house, you know, and these are things I'm thinking to myself, the, the, yeah. your, your debt situation, you're, we're all guilty of that, of doing things that don't make sense, but uh, financially, but at the end of the day, I can't help but think that our media and the propaganda around having this capital, it just seems so easy. Yeah. It seems like everybody's doing it. Yeah. So why aren't I? I I'm, I'm somehow miss. It's like a fear of missing out. Yeah. I, I should is. have my share of debt because everybody else is approved. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't I? I should go get some too. But it, it, I don't know what the answer is, but um, it, it is when I come back to my strategies, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm going to put some blame on the media and the industry around lending money because yeah. it's. Uh, I, I really don't agree with how it's being approached. Yeah. Well, and if you do look at the, the payday loan situation, I, to be honest, I'm not sure how they're even legal. Mm. Um, right, in the, right in the laws, you can. it's called loan sharking, anything over a 60% interest rate. Mm-hmm. So they get around it calling it a fee, a lending fee. So if you have a, say, $1,000 loan, it's two weeks, you pay this... 3% fee, 
um, for those two weeks. And they're preying on the most vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 3%. The problem is, is quite often is they cannot pay that yeah. off yeah. after two weeks. Get another one. And they get another one yeah. and another one and another one. In fact, even if you just look at 3% times over two weeks times 26, you know, you're well, you're well over 75%. It was 28%, rate, 78% right there without even compounding. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So it actually works out quite often that you're over 500% in terms of what the actual interest rates are from compounding this. And it's it's absolutely insane. I don't understand this is way, you're far better. We've talked about this on the show before. Go get your, use your credit card before you go to a payday Mm -hmm. loan. Mm -hmm. Well, where it becomes normalized is because it's small amounts. If it's $300 or $200, if you're suddenly paying 30 or $40 of interest or more on this thing, then it does 30 bucks. You know, at the end of the day, I can't fill up my car for 30 bucks Mm -hmm. of fuel. So how much is 30 bucks? So, okay, I'm paying that as a, as a, as a service or as a fee to be able to have access to this short-term loan. But in the context, if it was a hundred thousand dollars and you were paying, oh. you know, thirty thousand dollars of interest mm-hmm. or more, you you would be off. You'd be you'd be going crazy. Yeah. You would never have accepted that. So I, I do feel it's um it's just wicked what's going on, and and it is it is preying on the vulnerable at the end of the day, and mm-hmm. we need to do something about it. Well, the nice thing in the old days is that the the banks, trust companies, or credit unions actually had a little vested interest. They would take a new employee out of say uh, say a Defasco credit right. union. And they would say, you know what? You have a job there. You can get a loan here. Sure. And they would charge a, a premium interest rate. Let's say it was, you know, eleven percent. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't have a track record because they're immigrants. Yeah. Whatever the case might be, but they never went to a payday loan place. Yeah. And yeah. it seems you just established the credit right? exactly. Yeah. And this is where it seems that that's missing now, where you have that go-to where it's a little higher. And I, I honestly wish that there was something, because I honestly don't believe these should be in business. Mm. I think there should be that higher interest category, but not insane interest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on. We've talked about this before, why the banks don't just somehow provide that service for them. Mm-hmm. All right, before we're out of here, let's plug the seminar again. Yes, one more time. It's November 21st. We'd love to see you there. And uh, RBG at 10 a.m. in the morning, 7 p.m. in Castor Old Mill mastering your retirement. That's November 21st. And of course, if you want to book your spot, 905-529-7165 or hit the website, andyanddon.com. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here. Have yourself a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Scott. You, Scott.